Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We bring on my great friend Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media, author of the important book, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Appreciate it. Good to be with you. Thank you. You're great. Um, I want to start talking about the uh, EPA and EVs, and here's what Steve Miller put it. Uh, my pal, uh, former Trump advisor, put it pretty well last night on our show. He said, you know, if we're going to abolish the internal combustion engine, don't you think we ought to vote on it? <laughs> Which I thought was just absolutely perfect. EPA, yeah. the EPA basically wants to abolish the internal combustion engine, right? Uh you know, two-thirds of the cars uh, in 10 years have to be electric vehicles. And I, nobody voted on this. Nobody said this was a good idea. Nobody said we wanted to give up gas-powered automobiles. Nobody said we wanted to end whatever, 150 years of technology. How can this be? Why do these agencies have this kind of central planning control? Well, it's a modern socialism. And by the way, that 67% goal, if you had a real free market, uh, EV sales would probably be 6.7 percent <laughs> at the end of the decade, and 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 so uh, what 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 th- what this has done is I think brought into sharp relief this whole modern state administrative socialist state where it's, you don't nationalize things you do it by regulation, and it's absolutely egregious that an agency could absolutely take over destroy one industry take over another industry. You know, when the government uh, forced GM into bankruptcy 15 years ago, they said uh, General Motors become government motors. Mm. Well, the whole auto industry is becoming government motors now. And it's not just the uh, auto industry. It's not just fossil fuels. Banking, they're sinking their uh, hooks in. We all know what they're pushing for in health care, expanding Medicaid and the like to get a single-payer system, which would destroy innovation and to push us back in terms of fighting diseases. So uh, this is a, a, an amazing push in a, from a relatively close election in 2020, mm. uh, no real mandate in 2022. And now, though, they will like it's the October Revolution in Russia, 1917. They're taking over everything. And I think the American people have to be rallied uh, to it that, uh, no, you make the choices. And so, you know, now they're after air conditioners. I think they're after air conditioners because they want to do away with Florida and Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, free, and, free, and, the free states of Florida and Texas. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I think uh, the Republicans have to learn in the next few months to refine these issues, that this is about the fundamental what kind of country do we want to become? Do we want to become a socialist country, a semi-Cuba? Or do we want uh, the old, um, the traditional America of freedom? And one thing government can never do is do the kind of spontaneous entrepreneurial things that you see entrepreneurs doing all the time, improving our lives. Uh, you see it in healthcare, where uh, great things are coming in terms of being able to replace hearts and lungs, uh, pu- putting in uh, devices that can detect cancer before it happens. So you get the immune system ready instead of uh, responding too late and getting overwhelmed. Good big things are coming. That's done by people who are not beholden to politics and government, who test it out in the marketplace. Most things don't work, but when they do, by golly, we all benefit. You know, um, it just occurs to me that if people want to buy electric vehicles, 
if they can afford it, they want it and so forth, let them do it. Sure. We don't have to, we don't have to bribe them. We don't have to subsidize them. We don't have to abolish, uh, gas powered cars. It's another thing Steve Miller said, you know, a hundred years ago with Henry Ford or whatever it is, 125 years ago with Henry Ford, we didn't have to abolish horse and buggies. People chose not to use them, but to use these newfangled internal combustion engine driven cars. So and when the car really came into its own, uh, really boomed in the 1920s, you didn't have the government uh, subsidizing gasoline station. You know, before huh. uh, the invention of the gasoline, before the invention of the gas pump, you bought your kerosene and gasoline in a can from a hardware store. Huh. But entrepreneurs came up with the idea of a filling station, as we call them, uh, gas pumps and the like. That was done by entrepreneurs and free enterprise. And so you didn't need government subsidies when there was a need. The market, i.e. people, entrepreneurs, met it. Do you see, um, you know, amen to that. There's uh, the journal, Wall Street Journal editorial this morning, Supreme Court 9, administrative state 0. Now, this is good. Supreme Court on Friday, yesterday, dealt the administrative state another blow with a 9-0 decision holding that individuals and businesses harpooned by an independent agency don't have to suffer a tortuous government adjudication to challenge its constitutionality in federal court. They were aiming, Steve, at the Federal Trade Commission and the Securities Exchange Commission, the SEC. But this follows on the uh, West Virginia versus the EPA uh, decision. So I think the court, which tends to be, which is now the new court, uh, the conservative court is rather pro-business uh, leveling the playing field. They're going to help, I think, appeal all this EPA nonsense. That's right. And it's a, it's a pro-liberty court, uh, getting back to what made this country uh, unique. And, uh, and, and the, uh, I think uh, the whole administrative state, as you know, started in the late 1800s when the idea grew up that experts could run things. And uh, so let them run things and all will be well. Well, the experts uh, turn out not to know a lot. And uh, you see it in this whole thing on the alternative fuels, as uh, Bjorn Lomborg and others have pointed out. Mm. In the last 20 years, we've spent $5 trillion on alternative fuels, and the amount of uh, energy still coming from uh, fossil fuels has gone from 86 to 84%, a 2% gain for $5 trillion. Mm. And just ask these, these extreme greenies, what could that $5 trillion have done to fight diseases, cleaner water, uh, new products and services to improve our lives instead of this wasteful crony stuff that is reeks of politics and waste and also bad for the environment, ripping up the earth for all these money, 40 times more lithium we need. Where's that going to come from? By the way, you're right. You know, these um, these wind farms destroy the environment. Yes, they do. I mean, hundreds of acres. And whales. <laughs> right, and they're killing whales. That's right. You know, I said that on the air because there was evidence of that. Uh, a bunch of lefty uh, blog sites uh, went after me in these lefty magazines. But you see it, more and more evidence of whales washing up on the beach because of these offshore uh, wind machines. I mean, what good does that do? Answer it doesn't. Very little. And uh, our, our friend Mark Mills points out, you take a couple of these wind farms. You know, each wind farm is 10 square miles. And uh, they, they, the uh, windmills have nine, and each of these farms have 900 tons 
for the blades of unrecyclable plastic. You take a couple of those wind farms, they have more unrecyclable plastic mm. than all the straws and plastic cups in the world. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Unbelievable. And one of the things I hope Kevin McCarthy does in these upcoming negotiations on the debt is go beyond just the debt ceiling and demand in writing. Where are these minerals going to come from? Mm. We won't fund the EPA's expansion on this unless you spell out where are the minerals going to come from. Mm. What mining are you going to uh, approve? Make them spell it out instead of this uh, fantasy stuff. They call it dreaming, these far leftists. I call it nightmares. <laughs> yes. Well, they have the uh, – the HR1 is a pretty good beginning for – Yes, it is. You know, for permitting. Um, they may have to bring in something called the RAINS Act. Uh, yes. Which uh, Scalise mentioned, Steve Scalise mentioned uh, on the show yesterday afternoon – uh, but I think the courts will have a big role in this. I mean, I think the Supreme Court will look kindly on lawsuits brought to lower federal courts to stop these uh, regulatory behemoths. As you've said all along, you said this for two years, uh, it's modern socialism through the regulatory state. Um, and you're mentioning that uh, that uh, Wall Street Journal piece editorial on that Supreme Court decision, mm-hmm. which astonishing is, Nine zero. Yeah, isn't that yeah? Saying, uh, that uh, you don't have to go through all the regulatory rigmarole to uh, file a lawsuit about the constitutionality of these things. That's huge. Gosh, you're right, Justice Elena Kagan. I guess. My, Can my, you believe it? My favorite lib. <laughs> uh, I think she went to Princeton, by the way. Just saying. Yes, yeah, she did. You and me. Anyway, Justice <laughs> Elena Kagan explained that both parties in the two cases allege they are being subjected to unconstitutional agency authority, a proceeding by an unaccountable administrative law judge. Boy, that's that's great. But, you know, we got to talk to her pretty soon. She's going to become a supply sider. <laughs> right, free market. Out. Well, mir- miracles happened. Miracles happened. <laughs> so let me ask you about. Uh, well, yeah, I want to keep you for. The, let, I tell you what, let's take a break. Let's take a break here because I want to ask you about this Wall Street Journal piece yesterday that the GOP does best when it touts limited government, and then I want to ask yeah. you why the why the gold price is soaring so much. We haven't really solved any of these inflation problems. Anyway, folks, we are talking to the great Steve Forbes, chairman, editor in chief of Forbes Media author of the very important book, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. By the way, Steve, um, FYI, Art Laffer was talking about gold and commodity price rules last night on our show uh, as monetary tools. Very, very interesting that he's doing that, uh, which yes. you've advocated for so long, and I've tried my best. Anyway, I'm Kudlow. We'll be back with the great Steve Forbes. Hang with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here talking with the great Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media, author of the important book, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, How to Fix It. 
I might also add a two-time presidential candidate who won a number of primaries, and uh, I was a backer of it, of course. Steve, a uh, piece in the journal yesterday, very interesting. I don't know the chap, uh, Judge Glock of the Manhattan Institute. I think he's their director of research. But anyway, he reviews a whole bunch of polls that shows the GOP should really not even think about abandoning its message of limited government and economic growth. Limited government meaning less spending and lower taxes. And he said not to not to ignore the culture war issues, but to put them in their proper perspective, not to obsess about it. And he argues uh, that the real populist message is that the majority of Americans believe that government is too large and taxes are too high. And he says, and you know this as well as anybody, uh, down through the years, Gallup has, has polled for decades. Uh, do you, you know, do you want higher, uh, more government services and higher taxes? 70% some odds say no. You want lower government services and lower taxes? 70% say yes. And it's a message that's going to be especially important in the 2024 election. So, uh, culture war issues have their place, but um, custodians of growth has got to be paramount. Well, that's right. And uh, one of the one of the things that uh, you learn from uh, history, our history going back to the 1920s and other countries, is that the whole social environment improves when things are improving. When people can look to the future with confidence mm-hmm. that, uh, that the things are going to get better, their chances of getting ahead in life are going to get better. And so the whole mood of the country changes. And uh, that's why it was sort of disturbing in recent years. Some members of our the Republican Party said, oh, Reagan is, you know, that stuff is old. Uh, we got to get modern. We got to get uh, with the zeitgeist and not realizing that the American people want an environment and conditions where they can improve, as Lincoln put it, their lot in life. Mm. And so uh, all the well, when we talk about spending, that's your money. When we talk about taxes, that's your resources you're creating. And so they're all means to an end. Stable dollar, less regulation, lower taxes to enable you to enjoy a better life, have the opportunity for a better life. And people want that kind of optimistic message. And the first candidate who really spells it out, like Reagan did, and you, you were there, in the early 1980s, the 80 campaign, uh, Prop 13 starting in California back in 1978. Mm. Candidates who get onto that message are, I think, are going to get real traction. People want to move ahead. Well, you were there too. You were part of the Reagan administration, as I was. But I think, I think it's really important. I mean, I, I just don't like to <laughs> here. The the bad news is. A smart guy like Ron DeSantis is getting bogged down in a social issues dispute with, with Walt Disney. Okay. I mean, I don't see that, uh, as anything but something that should be settled. Holman Jenkins yeah, wrote about and, and, it this morning. Go he, ahead. he, he wrote a good piece on it. And the point is, uh, Disney way overstepped its bounds yep. and they got slapped down, rightly so. Okay. They realized their mistake. And so uh, you settle the thing and move on. Yes. And because uh, there are other issues out there. Well, the good and, news uh, is, uh, the good news is DeSantis gave, giving a good speech attacking the Federal Reserve's bungling. You bet. Right? See, that's, <laughs> no, no, but that, that's the good. 
Right? Yeah, That's absolutely. the kind of economic uh, stewardship message we need. Challenge the authority. Now, that's DeSantis. He should keep up with that. And also yesterday, Trump put out another good deregulation white paper. So that's good. You know, these are the issues that will resonate. Yes. And because uh, people want to know. Okay, uh, pe- people don't want to be told that the rut we're in is the is the future, the new normal. And uh, they want to know, okay, we've got these problems. What do we do to move ahead? How do, how, how do we pull ourselves out? And uh, that kind of messaging is what's going to resonate with them. And also, uh, which is uh, really uh, just sadly beginning to rise up, we have a disastrous situation around the world in terms of our defense and foreign policy. Mm. And uh, that's extremely dangerous. And as we learned from uh, the Reagan years, the 80s, the only way you get out of that is with a vibrant economy, mm. with high tech, rebuilding our military and letting the world know where we're not going to let the bad guys dominate the world. Yeah. Peace to strength. You got to have strength yeah. at home, right? In order yeah. to keep the peace abroad. I mean, I think that's such a phenomenal lesson that should not be lost. Uh, and you're right. You have a point though. I love that point because when you have a lot of pessimism and you have a failing economy, then all these social divisions tend to come up, uh, you know, above water to the fore. But if yes, you have you know, poisons the environment, right? Political, social it's, environment. It's not a happy country, Steve. And it's no, it it's, isn't. It's not a happy country because it's not enjoying prosperity. You saw all those polls from the University of Chicago about pessimism about the future. It's just not a happy country. No, and uh, and. Uh, People people want to be happy. This is not the natural state of the American uh, people. It's not what we are not why we created our country. It was uh, people a chance to uh, move forward. You know, that's why people came to our shores. And uh, and when we get these bad periods like we had in the seventies, malaise and all that, people knew it was unnatural. They're looking for ways to get out of it, and they're positive ways. And uh, this is why this whole thing on uh, on uh, things like Social Security and Medicare, the way you deal with those is with prosperity mm. and uh, and uh, on health care, mm. you know, the putting power in the hands of patients, mm. which is beginning to happen. A real consumer market will turn what looks like a total drain on the economy mm-hmm. into the most vibrant industry possible. Everyone's concerned about health. It's a huge opportunity to get these things right. So uh, last point, why is gold so strong? Uh, gold is strong because of the fears that the Federal Reserve is going to end up when things go down, uh, printing a lot of money again. Yeah. And uh, that's why gold took a little bit of hit uh, on Friday was uh, because, uh, well, it looked like the Federal Reserve was uh, not going to uh, ease up, you know, with the mm. bad numbers. So the markets are confused. Uh, people and the, the volatility the gold price shows that uh, the Fed. No central banker, amazingly, Larry, talks about the integrity and the value of a currency. Mm. They they ignore it. And uh, so we're in the mess we're in today. Phillips curve, the idea that you conquer inflation by trashing the economy, throwing people out of work, is still alive and well everywhere, which is astonishing. You know, Art Laffer last night on the show said very, very directly, Steve, that uh, you Volcker used to look at spot commodity indexes, and Art said there's nothing wrong with using gold and commodity indexes 
as guidelines to the health of the dollar. And if we Absolutely. really, you know, if we want King Dollar, and uh, we and we want to be assured reliably, right? Uh, why not use those tried and true methods? I know you've preached this for a million years, uh, but I think it's important to to raise. If DeSantis wants to attack the Fed, which is good, um, you know, hopefully he can develop some alternatives and come up with some positive ideas. Well, that's right. And the whole idea of the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee, 12 people, seven permanent members, can guide the American economy, 330 million people and 8 billion people around the world, fine-tune it with their tools, is so preposterous. I think when historians look back, hopefully the right ones, uh, they're going to say, what are the people thinking that this group could manipulate interest rates and guide the activities Mm. of tens of millions of people? Mm. Preposterous and dangerous. Hell, there's only one EPA administrator. Look <laughs> 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 yes. what's happened there. I don't even. I, 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 we talked about King George the Third, the tyrant. My right. goodness, he had nothing on these people. <laughs> I know. It's, I, I don't even think there's a board. It's just one administrator. Anyway, Steve Forbes, Forbes Media. Thank you ever, ever so much. Great stuff to start off the show, folks. Take a quick break. Other side of the break, Ambassador John Bolton's going to talk about some of the foreign policy problems that Steve Forbes was referring to. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 